see you. New people. Always glad to have my wife. Makes life easier. The other day I was driving and I saw up in our neck of the woods country, we do a, there's a lot of logging that goes on uh, Washington State. And uh, I saw a guy that was, he was pulled over to the side of the, the road and, and he was bringing his logs home down from the mountain and he stopped to reposition the logs and to, to tighten the straps. How many of you realize that sometimes in the journey of life, we need to take some time to stop and reposition and tighten the straps for things that are coming ahead of us. I believe this past 12 months has been one of the most wild rides that I can ever remember. I came to the Lord as a freshman at Baylor University. I didn't go there for that. I went there to play ball. and uh, God had other plans in that. Somebody asked while they saw my little scruff and said, uh, did you ever have long hair? Well, yes, you know, that was the Jesus movement time, and Laura has pictures with my hair down the middle of my back. You know, so. Where are they at? Where are they at? Hold on out. Yeah, but when I came to the Lord, you know, I'd always been around people that would go to church, but I never had been around people that were passionate about Jesus. And from that first get go, Something happened in here that created and ignited a passion about God. And, 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 uh, and it hadn't changed. That was 1971. Any of you alive then? <laughs> Just a, a couple of you. 1971. October of 1971. People sometimes ask me, you know, what, what, uh, what have been the most meaningful scriptures are the most meaningful truths that you've had that God has shown you over your journey. And uh, there have been some. And what I want to do over the next couple of times, I'm, I'm with you Thursday night and next Tuesday, I'm going to share with you four pillars that to me are critical to create stability in life in your walk. There's four things that God has just hammered and hammered and hammered and hammered. And uh, that... There, this, this is going to be one of those things where I'm probably not teaching you anything new. Uh, but I think in many respects, because I've been down the road just a little bit ahead of some of you, that it might be helpful if you heard those as well. Uh, these are about your thoughts and your beliefs. And tonight what I'm going to do, uh, I told uh, Nick, you know, I, I'm, I'm flexible. You know, we can stay outside and play soccer. I'm good with that. That was, a, that was a fun time. So I'm going to talk to you. I want you to think of a chair. has four legs. These four truths, principles, beliefs are like the four legs of a chair. None of you sat and thought about, I wonder if this chair can hold me up. You just plopped yourself down there. And when these four are in gear, you're going to find yourself just able to plop yourself down uh, because they kind of, form a a marriage when they're all together to where we can take the kingdom into any culture. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you these four, and then we're going to take them one at a time, but I'm just going to do one tonight. Uh, Because I know some of you have worked your behinds off today, and and I want to respect that, and you've got more work to do tomorrow. 
So we'll go with that. Okay, here's the four legs of the chair. You ready? And again, this is not going to be news to, to, to most of you. Number one, God is good. I mean, if that is not a deep conviction of your heart, if you've been tossed and turned by so many circumstances of life, then we've got to go back and rehearse that and revisit that and kind of get that thing settled in your heart. We need to bring truth to a place of conviction. Okay? Here's number two. Nothing is impossible with God. I didn't say nothing is impossible for God. I said nothing is impossible with God. Most people read that and they get totally cattywampus because they say, well, yeah, God can do anything. That's not what it says. It's talking about when you're hooked up with Him, nothing is impossible as long as you stay hooked up with Him. With God. Number three, everything was settled at Calvary. Everything we experienced throughout all eternity, the issue was settled on the cross when Jesus died and rose from the grave. Okay? We'll go rehearse that. We'll look at that. And then number four, the fourth leg of the chair is you are significant. I am significant. Each person is significant. And you can say, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But if it's not actually coming from a deep place of conviction in your heart, then it's just a philosophy to you. Okay. So I'm talking to you about the four legs of a chair. These are values of stability in life. I believe when these are locked in, in your heart, you can walk your way through just about anything. Okay. So, number one, let's begin. We're going to cruise through this one pretty quick, and then I'm going to release you. Let you go. God is good. That's what you're supposed to say, amen. amen. I had a preacher tell me one time, he said, you know, you want to get a bunch of amens, just tell them what I already know. <laughs> so this is where you can say amen. You know, now, if, if I want you to connect the dots with me. If God is really as good as the Bible says, then I owe him a lifestyle of big dreams. It'd be like you inheriting 10,000 acres and you stand on the border of the 10,000 acres and you never explore what you've inherited. You can boastfully say, oh yeah, it's all mine. God gave it to me. It's all mine. But this inheritance has to be explored. Faith explores what revelation reveals. That's really good, Mom. That's, That's good. So it's vital that we learn to use our faith to explore what God is proportioned to us. So that as we explore what God is proportioned, then we come to a place of conviction so that we can illustrate the goodness of God. So I owe him to dream in a very significant way. Y'all okay with that? By the way, do you know the difference between Vision and fantasy. When God drops a word into your imagination, your spirit to your imagination, it has the potential to become vision. But non-God words, other things that fly into your imagination, when they are fueled by our desires, by our lusts, 
then they become imaginations that the Bible says exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. That's the second Corinthians. Take every thought captive. Remember that? But when the Word of God is fueled by His purpose and His desires and His passions, within you it becomes vision. That's what your imagination is all about. It's the incubator. All right. How many of you know that Jesus came to reveal the Father? I know many of you didn't have great father figures in your earlier life. Maybe you still don't have father figures that inspire your dreams. But in this relationship, our Heavenly Father invites us to stretch the envelope. To go above and beyond. He, he, he almost dares us when He says, I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you ask or think. Do you hear what He's saying? He says, He is going to reach beyond your prayer life. He's going to reach beyond your imagination. By the way, that's the realm He lives in. And He's inviting you into that journey. Y'all okay? John 14, 15, 16, the Gospel. Those three chapters, four times, Jesus says, ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. We know instinctively. We know from the rest of Scripture. He's not inviting us into a self-centered lifestyle. He's not inviting us to a journey where we build our own empire and we become the king of the mountain. That's not it. Anybody who thinks that hadn't read the rest of the book. (laughs) He's inviting us into this scary journey where we actually come into a place where anything you ask is done. Do I need to get y'all to stand up? Look at his heart. Man, he's looking for co-laborers. When he says, ask whatever you want, he didn't say, I want to make you a robot and you just repeat back to me what I tell you to want. Scary thing is, he's invited us into this relationship and the relationship, he puts himself at risk by saying, son, ask whatever you want. John 17, 7 says, abide in me and my words abide in you. And whatever you wish, ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. Abide in me. That means stay connected to my manifest presence. A little bit of what you were talking about earlier, about the seeking part. Stay connected to my manifest presence, and my words will abide in you. Keep what God says at the center of your heart. And I will trust you, God says, to shape the course of history through your prayer life. Anything you ask, it'll be done for you. Y'all okay? We owe God some extreme dreams. Disappointment kills the capacity for dreams. Five years ago, I spoke on that when I was here. I'm probably going to do it again. Two things kill our extreme dreams. Number one is a religious environment that resists change. And number two, disappointments. If you don't know how to navigate disappointments, it has a way of killing your dreams. Men and women, you were born to dream. Everybody in this room, you never reach your potential apart from your capacity to dream. No dreams, no potential. You're not going there. So God's goodness is actually displayed 
through your ability to dream some big dreams. How many of you have some dreams going on right now? To dream extreme. I like that. One of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 67. It begins with a blessing. God, be gracious to us and bless us. I like any passage of scripture that starts that way. (laughs) And cause your face to shine upon us. The face is the picture of the Father's approval. Now listen to the next phrase. That your way may be known on the earth. What, What does that mean? That means that your nature, who you are, would be manifest in the earth because of how you treat me. Listen, you you have this as an obligation. This is not an extra. This is the essence of who you are. You're a son and a daughter connected to a perfect father. Now dream and display it. So he says, bless me. Cause your face to shine upon me. That your way may be known in the earth. And here's the interesting thing. And your salvation to the nations. Salvation to the nations. You know, many times we have tragedies, difficult crises that bring people to Christ. And I'm thankful for the people that found Christ, whether it's in prison, whatever the difficulties they're going through through those times. But what would it be like for salvation to impact the course of history? Not because of tragedy, but because of the goodness of God. Because it's revealed upon and through his people. That's you and me. I'm not talking about building empires. That's a very poor counterfeit. Your wealth is in the presence of God. It's the people of God being able to trust when everything else is crazy. It's having enough resource and more than enough resource that we're able to sow into people's lives. The giftings, the insights, the spiritual activity of God in and through us. It's having friends that would take a bullet for us. Any of you have friends that would take a bullet for you? These are the things that make us wealthy. The family members that actually love each other and care for each other. It reminds me, some time ago I heard a friend of mine say, you know, (laughs) I'd take a bullet for you. I used that phrase and he came up later. I'll take a bullet for you. Well, you know, maybe not in the head, but maybe like in the leg or something. (laughs) (laughs) So this goodness of the Lord is upon his people who have found a capacity to think large, to dream significantly, to dream extreme. It's about you having the resources of heaven around you so you can empower others to succeed. It's the privilege in life. Hosea 3 verse 5 says this, In the last days people will fear God because of his goodness. How good does goodness have to be in order for someone to see it? You say you got a promotion. Well, I just think you worked hard. You're in the the millionth customer at Ingalls and you win a new car. Well, you're just lucky. What kind of goodness does it have to be in order to bring salvation to the nations? What kind of goodness does it have to be to cause people to drop on their knees, to embrace the fear of God? that endears them to him. I believe the goodness of God requires us to, be, to, to, to dream really big. It's leg number one on the chair. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Leg number two, we'll go to Thursday. Nothing is impossible with God.
All right, let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I ask that you hide your word within our hearts so in time of need that it comes back into our memory, comes back to our remembrance, that we can lay hold, that it becomes a source of life to us. Father, I thank you and we declare that the birds of the air are not able to steal that word, twist it, distort it, but that your word is life unto us. So Father, let faith arise and our enemies be splattered, uh, scattered. <laughs> well, that's kind of what it says. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Love you guys.